0: This podcast is a Bendy Gedig Media production. Hello, I'm Michael Sheen and you are listening to a Touchline Rant podcast. Episode 221 of a Touchline Ramp podcast. I had to look up what episode we were there. That's how little preparation (laughs) I (laughs) have there. This week I am joined by Steve. Say hello. Hi. Back again after the, well, I don't know what last week was, to be honest. Fell apart.
1: It took me a couple
0: Um, of days to recover from it, to be honest. It it did. Um, I feel like we're forever changed for being a part of it um and then i suppose this is you know what what this is like stockholm syndrome here because nathan's listened to it and then thought that sounds good to me like i think it's (laughs) more about you nathan than it does us that you're joining us this week i'm very grateful
2: good morning good afternoon good evening
0: covered all bases this is what i like see this is what i like you covered all bases early doors love it um This week, I think the best place to start is uh, Everton versus Liverpool, (laughs) which is the Saturday as we record this midday kickoff. Um, We're in a predicament where Everton are currently playing while we're recording this, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say Liverpool will beat them. Does anyone disagree with this statement? Nathan? (laughs) Nathan?
2: Um, no, (laughs) it's the honest answer. Um, all right, at the moment we are half time and it's one nil to them, but it is evident it is Liverpool. Um, it is a very strong looking Liverpool squad at the moment, Mm -hmm. um, especially coming off the back of that nine nil sort of thumping of Bournemouth. So
0: well, this is yeah. where I was going. This- luckily, you mentioned Bournemouth because where I was going with this is with Everton. Is a lot of you, and by a lot of you, I mean every single one of you fellow ATR <laughs> hosts, predicted that Frank Lampard would be the first manager sacked. I didn't, personally. I still got it wrong, but I didn't. <laughs> I-, I wasn't part of the Lampard um, out mob at that point. Um, yeah, um, Scott Parker's gone. At Bournemouth, they get beaten 9-0 by Liverpool. Um, and he's immediately sacked. Steve, am I the only one thinking that this is incredibly harsh?
1: Yeah, I think it is as well. Um, the What I was saying to someone about this this morning when I saw the news come through, because most of the response has been, it's knee-jerk. But... Um, it's Tuesday. I know it's a bank holiday weekend and some things can take a bit longer to process, but they were battered on Saturday and they've waited until Tuesday morning to sack the guy, mm. um, which for me doesn't feel knee jerk enough because yeah, it's knee jerk, knee jerk would be right after the game in the heat of the moment. You know, the, you can just imagine the CEO storming down to the dressing room and, hooking Parker out by his striped sleeve cardigan <laughs> and, you know, having a, having a little word with him and saying, you know, this is it, you're done. 9 nils, not good enough. That's heat at the moment, passionate, knee-jerk, sacking. This is three days later, had some time to mull it over, possibly felt that way on Saturday, but ultimately didn't pull the trigger. And now it feels a little bit like, oh, we wanted to sack him on Saturday because he got battered 9 nil, But actually... Oh, is that too harsh? And or oh, and ultimately, they've ummed and about it for three days, and still and pulled the trigger anyway. And for me, do you me, reckon the bank holidays actually impacted it? This is it's madness to think, isn't it? Well, I mean, it impacts a lot. It impacts it's, a lot of other things. So I, why not? I don't know why. I don't think
0: that this impacts anyone other than normal people. I just assume bank holiday wouldn't hold it up, but it could. We, We've seen as well with Neil Mopi at Everton, they weren't able to register him in time yeah. to the game because the, they've deemed the last working day due to the bank holiday Monday was Friday <laughs> and they read four o'clock on Friday and Lampard's been, <laughs> and been here for days. What do you mean exactly. we can't play them? They're like the, the rules say last working day and the bank holiday stopped you. And it, it's ridiculous. It's, it's just baffling to me that that's probably what it... They've probably gone, we, we've been dicked here. We've been yeah. dicked And everyone (laughs) is laughing at us. They don't want to be that club that waits to every promoter club. I don't care who it is. Every promoter club, they know that the owner is a finger not far away from the button that says sack manager. Because they have to do it early so that the new man can come in and turn things around. You can't. Days of firefighting relegation are over.
2: What was your argument for a couple of seasons, though, Luke? Was it the bottom team, whoever you are, no matter how well or bad you're doing, you get to sort of oh, it was just full... coming up to Christmas, sack your manager, bring him Sam Allardyce, and then you sort of you kick on from there?
0: For a brief moment in time, the smartest managerial yeah. appointment schedule that you could have as a football owner. Football club owner was hiring Neil Warnock when you were a mid-table Championship club. He will get definitely get you promoted, hundred yeah. percent. And then Big Sam will keep you up at Christmas, regardless. Yeah. He, Neil Warnock because he got you the sixth. Don't care. He either got you relegated. Yeah, that was. Yeah. <laughs> but yet with Park with Parker going, this open does this open up? Steve, do you reckon this opens the door back to Daishi?
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. I personally would love to see that because I, I got. That,
0: I can't imagine. I can't see like where else they're going to go. Like
1: Tony Mowbray available, but they're not going to there. I, think. I I I personally yeah. don't think he would. They they will from the statement that they that they they had from from sacking him, which was basically they said, um, you know. That they for us to keep progressing as a team and a club as a whole is our strategy to run the club sustainably. Um, I, I don't necessarily think that is, I think that what, what Parker did with, with Bournemouth last season was you know, I think he thinks of himself as a progressive manager, and Deitch, unfortunately, isn't that he's got a lot of good qualities, and I think he. He can win games against the odds quite a lot of the time, but it's what a club like Bournemouth will do. However, they are now in the Prem, um, and obviously Liverpool treated it as shoot-and-practice last weekend. They aren't want that again, and Deitch has got a record of keeping teams in the Premier League. So you don't know. I mean, we've seen boards and, and owners before, abandon their principles in order to or their beliefs in order to keep their p- club in the premier league um so it, i don't know i mean the, i heard a story i heard a little side note on this based on what i just said in that that statement that apparently it's uh not just about the 9-0 and that there's been a little bit of rumblings going on in the background um that's mad that I think it's the car that no pos-
0: off, but he don't look that sort of bloke. Do no, you know I mean?
1: and and I mean, I th- I've always thought he's had a bit of an edge. Like I thought when he was playing, he had a bit of an edge. Had a bit of a reputation of being, you know, quite silky but also quite hard. Like you know, do you know what he, his he
0: edge turned out to be though? Yeah, in my opinion, what? he's. I reckon he's turned out the edge is some is actually, he is. I know exactly who this man is. He is the son, the owner of a company that was founded by the father. So he's the son. He's yeah. now running this company and he's making enough money. Not that he's like mega rich, but he's well off enough to be able to employ a personal trainer and a dietitian and a personal <laughs> stylist. <laughs> you know, that's, that's yeah. Scott Parker. Scott Parker now... Because of what's happened, looks like someone who's in and
1: like oh, he's doing well for himself. Nah, he ain't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he that's did. perfect. That's absolutely spot on. He looks. He basically looks like and could be one of the uh, one of the Tracy brothers from um, Thunderbirds. He literally, <laughs> <is>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he literally is. Yeah, perfect. I, I still uh,
0: think it was like, a harsh books, sack really. in though. It was her I do think it was a bit harsh. Like, you are right.
2: Like Steve said though, I think there was there's been rumours that, you know, it is some of his comments about, you know, lack of investment and, and not having enough sort of new players brought in apparently has contributed to the sacking. So yeah, no no speak. owner wants to be called out by, you know, an employee then, especially sort of like like we've alluded to in the Premier League and stuff. So if it has been because of that. Is it justifiable?
0: But the, the problem, is, what what that actually is, that yeah. I didn't realise that they there were rumblings that him criticising lack of investment added to it. I I didn't realise that. If okay. that's true, then my entire opinion will have changed on this. Yeah, <laughs> my entire opinion will have changed on this, and I'll be like, "Hang on a minute, did you sack a man for talking bad about you? Is that what you did? Out on strike." What? I would get but, all them players outside with placards. We're like, no, 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 no. Your job is to invest in your football team. That's your job. But it's, You're the. But
1: it's team. interesting. A friend of mine said this morning that you know they they that ultimately what that could boil down to is that there's been a meeting at some point before the me- the season started that was like, right, Scott, you've got this much money to work with, and mm. Scott's gone, nah, or yeah okay, but yeah, but ultimately, that would be the, the, the rumblings about discontent about not getting enough players in. Surely, would also lead from budget conversations about him knowing how much money he's got to work with his director of football or whatever the system is at Bournemouth, knowing what they've got to work with. So, but what my the point my friend was making is that he can't couldn't believe that a football club. Could not have good enough communication to get that across, and I was like, "But you've got." But my point was that you've got to remember that quite a lot of football clubs still aren't run like businesses properly. No, absolutely. There are still there are still rogue, not super rogue, in terms of you know like people that that rip them off or whatever. Mm. Um, But there are still owners that don't that do it for fun, or you know, don't have as much. Uh, footballing knowledge or nails that they need, or they haven't installed the right people. At you know, look at Manchester United for goodness' sake. You know, yeah, they've, the had, problem... they've had they've I... had CEOs and and whatever that that don't that prefer rugby to football, and it's like Jesus. You know,
0: this is the problem in it. It's it's but it it's, 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 it's you look at the level, you know, uh, of of investment at different clubs and what they've done. But everyone who owns a football club is rich. This is the thing. You know, this yeah. is the, the, and this is the bit which which I sort of stumble on is because regardless of, of some like like when like Leeds United were in financial trouble, the, they didn't the owners were still rich. They yeah. do you know what I mean? They weren't they weren't out of that for a for a for a quid or two that the football club was in real trouble. And that's where I stumble upon this, to feel any, in any scenario, any sympathy towards anybody who owns a football club as a starting off point, Hmm. because I just inherently don't trust them because I've yet to see, I've seen football clubs go out of business. I've yet to see a very rich person who's played with having a football club go poor. Do you know what I mean? I've, I've seen a few of them go to prison, but they remain rich. It's weird. And it's, it's, it's just baffles me that these people exist. So then when you get the good ones, when you get, you know, your Forest Green Rovers, Dale Vince, I believe mm-hmm. his name is, yeah, um, is who on the surface looks like my sort of fella, to be honest. Yeah. Everything about Dale Vince suits me down to the ground. Big fan but I still inherently don't trust him because he, he has a part to play in the running of a football club. And unless they're a football man, I don't trust them. And even then, I don't really fucking trust them. Do you know what I mean? Dodgy bastards. <laughs> <laughs> Footballers run themselves to the ground from a young age to the point where they are basically worthless at mid-30s to late-30s. To late they're worthless. But the rich people stay rich. It's weird. This has gone down a path that I never expected. <laughs> i uh,
1: I got a little tangent that we can take this on. Um, yeah. I'm from originally, and uh, the, the team in Salisbury is, funnily enough, Salisbury City FC, or it yeah. was, because um, there's now. You're not a going, to call me the, theme- they
0: going to tell me they're Papa John's FC or something now, are you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. They're now just Salisbury FC. Uh, The pizza companies are
0: available. Sorry, I (laughs) had (laughs) to.
1: They're now just Salisbury FC because they had to become a a Phoenix club. They had to wind up um, because they fell victim of a um, ownership, uh, fraudulent fraudulent ownership um, a few years ago. I say a few years ago. It's probably a a decade ago now. Um, But um, yeah, basically some guy... uh, um said he was like a prominent businessman from i think it was morocco and came in bought the club um again we're talking salisbury city at their peak they were in conference south so that you know this isn't big money this isn't super professional but it still means a the club means a lot to a lot of people um you know and uh he basically bought it out put the money up front um and then like effectively camped out in the uh in the club shop and the club boardroom and tate took all the money for um gate receipts for about three weeks and cleared out the safe and then just buggered off and he hadn't put any mu- the money that he was supposed to put in never went through um and yeah literally just took the club for money for about yeah 3 4 weeks and then and then that's what i mean yeah do, do you know what i mean it's um, insane and apparently that guy had done it to other clubs before i was gonna,
0: i was going to go down the route of another potential managerial sacking but i feel like we've gone i, th- I think if we, if we were a graph our line is blue and on the downward slope right now because we've gone into <sighs> clubs going out of out of business so let's take it back up i reckon yeah, because the three of us are on together. Can we just appreciate that Manchester United won a game of football again? That's again, two on uh, the One, two is on happening the, trough, with the world? And they beat Southampton away. We'd never win away. We haven't won away since I was 17 years old. <laughs> 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 it feels like, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's been a, nice a long time game. coming. I think it, it's just to take a moment. Anthony is in. Yeah, it's very, very good. This is a, this is a good point actually, which I I have never understood. Why do people give a fuck how much a player costs? Like how, like for whoever you support, it doesn't matter. So if you your team buys a player for a hundred million pound, why do you care? And why do you care if the team that your that your rival team spend hundred million pound on a player? It's irrelevant. The money. Jim, I, because
2: I, it's, because yeah, it's I was
1: talking about that... this today in this I've got see from No, I, I was I was just gonna say that you can probably carry on not to do with football really, but I was just gonna say it's the same with anything in life though, isn't it? People just wanna know people it's keeping up with the Joneses, people want to know what people yeah, are doing. It's... People <laughs> are nosy, yeah. people want to know what so and so celebrities' dress costs for their wedding, and they want to know how much their car costs. And and yeah, it is odd, it isn't is, it? It's literally just weird human curiosity, and it's, in and it's way not, way I don't way think it's in. It. People. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah,
2: it, was it. I was saying, know, that's why I was going with it. Is like talking to one of the directors in work today, and we were sort of having a chat about the sort of deals and everything that have happened like, over the weekend, and the Anthony one being confirmed today. And uh, like you say, you know, it's, it's a lot of money for a, a person in general, but it's a lot of money for like one player that is possibly unproven and you know we were talking sort of again about the subject of sort of why we care because it's it's not our money (laughs) we've had nothing to do with it really yeah it's just weird you know it's the clubs with the case of united it's the club's money not even the owner's money but i suppose it's that that pressure thing though as well of he has cost that much money now he is now expected to live up to and perform to a standard that justifies that fee And I think that's where it comes from. With like sort of some fans, then is if you look at a player that costs twenty million, if they score five goals and make a handful of assists, you sort of go probably justifiable. But then when you're talking about the money then spent on Anthony, what eighty five million was it? I think in the end, Mm. similar, yeah, eighty (laughs) five. You know, you you sort of go in well, despite he's more of a winger than you know an out an out striker you're going to want a lot of goals from him. You're going to want him given a lot of assists. You're going to want him to contribute to what when you think, I suppose we quote unquote expect of a player of that value.
0: This is the thing. This is where I think it, it, it worries me because I just, I don't think it, it makes it any difference. You know, we're literally right now, I'm watching on Twitter, all of the, um, All of the anniversary posts of when the Daily Mirror put up the sixty million pound flop about when Man City signed De Bruyne, yeah, and they (laughs) they, they're slagging him off on the back page, saying that he's a waste of money because he flopped at Chelsea, and he was no good. What Wolfsburg is a, a play? They play in a farmers league. Why is he? He's not worth the money. And look at how good De Bruyne's been. We, we judge players too readily on their price tag, on their yeah. immediate form, rather than watch their take their entire career into a into account.
1: Oh, big You're, time!
0: Yeah, because it's that's where you get the ones where you go, God, he was a he's you know, done well for them. Like they've made their money's worth there. But or then the you op- go the
1: opposite that, you get yeah. out. But then the opposite is true as, as well because look at like someone like Salah. Like, I I can't remember what the fee was for Salah, but the fact that I can't remember it probably speaks to the fact that it wasn't spoken about a lot. Because when he moved from Roma to Liverpool, he was relatively... I want to
0: say it was about 40 million-ish. 30, 40 million. Oh, really? I thought it was much
1: than that. Oh, was it? I thought it was much lower than that.
0: I can't Uh... remember how much it was. Carry on, I'm going to find out. Well, I
1: was going to say, if if, he, if it is that figure, then this argument doesn't stand up. <laughs> I was, I had it in my head that it was somewhere in the like less than £10 million bracket because I just thought he had like floppity-flopped his way around and Liverpool were just buying a sort of... Because it was in that period, wasn't it, where Liverpool weren't necessarily making great transfers all the time. They go 36.5 um...
2: initial fee, raised to 43 Ooh. Okay, well, that's still not a huge amount okay, of money.
0: Minutes, I was bang on. I'm happy with that.
1: In that, um, it's not a that's huge a amount low, of money, I that's guess. That's a low
0: value. That's a low yeah. transfer fee. That's very low.
1: It'll be the same for someone like Haaland when he's swept up, swept everything before him for Man City. No, absolutely. And people
0: before are going oh, to.
1: Yeah, they got him for 50 million, and everyone will be like, that's. Insane, but like see, I'm
2: showing sure like my age and probably our age is you, but when we talk about like low transfer fees and like a player's impact, I automatically went, Well, yeah, if you think of Canton are coming in from Leeds to United, you know, yeah, yeah. like how much I he think, didn't and, cost and yeah, then what and, he did for the club.
0: And I also, there's a few ones that you think I think Andy Cole to United, and I also weirdly think Jason McAteer to Liverpool because they paid a fair whack for him back in the day, it was like 4.75 4. Yeah. or something. And I remember yeah. being like,
1: How much? On a defender? Four million. Mm. It's age. Well, it's... they said the same about they said the same about Rio when he went to United, didn't they?
2: Oh, oh, well, oh absolutely, yeah. He he got slated for the well, not he did, but the the club got slated for the fee, wasn't it? <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah, I mean there's certain transfers. So you look like Man City are gonna do well out of Haaland because he's coming. He's oh, just he's annihilated already. Every game he's played, he's done something. Um, he's come in, he's swept everyone aside, as Steve said. He's going to probably continue to. And then eventually in a couple of years, Real Madrid is just going to be like, go on then. Go on then. Now's the time. How, what, you know, how yep. much you want for him? Do you know the last player I was so sure of has not yet played for Real Madrid, but it was Paul Pogba. I was convinced that that man was a Real Madrid player. He still yeah. could be.
2: Yeah. So Don't know Paul Pogba. Did you? That I think he's, he's, he's found his niche, though, isn't he? I think of. Yeah. Like, with he, France, he's given that free role. I always said that's what he needed to have at United, though, was that free role of, look, go and be you. It's and he odd well. that
0: we've been crying out for a number six to play a li- alongside Paul Pogba. Now we've signed one. Yeah. In Casemiro. And Paul Pogba's yeah. gone. Yeah. It's like, oh, God, if we just done this three years ago. When everyone, yeah, really I, think,
2: I think he would have been a completely different player for us. And you know, like he gets it at Juventus, you know, of go and be you. He, he does what he does and he, he does well. And that was always my frustration with him. And I know there's been a, a lot of frustration with Paul Pogba at United for various different reasons. But I think, like, like you said, if we'd had Casemiro or like minded player when we had Pogba. It might have been different. It might have been different. But, but
0: then also, you know, it's his job. Get on with it. This well, is what yeah. I do. Yeah, <laughs> that's the other <laughs> thing as well, isn't it? Yeah, this is the issue. This is the issue Then I have with some footballers. and This is the issue that I have with quite a lot of people when people go, oh, I hate this. A lot of the time, I'm like, yeah, I, I get you. I understand you. and But just get on with it.
1: <laughs> Have you seen I mean, all of this stuff about Pogba and his brother and Mbappe yet? I think,
2: right, I haven't, right, I haven't briefly looked at haven't seen match.
1: So I've
0: seen oh, that Paul Pogba was held up at gunpoint, I believe, by yeah. people that he knew from his youth or has known yeah.
1: yeah. since he was young. Supposedly um, paid by his brother to yeah, extort literally. money out of him 13 million euros.
0: So yeah, his brother paid people to extort money out of. It. But I don't know what happened. I don't know how it went from Paul Pogba's got a gun pointed to him to us reading about it. Like, yeah. did he so, pay them?
1: So I don't know. I don't know that bit. But the the most interesting thing that's happening at the moment in that sort of come to light alongside this is that apparently Paul Pogba paid a witch doc- doctor doctor to put a curse on Mbappe. What?
0: <laughs> yeah. Weirdly, um, when I asked you how did we get from Paul Pogba having a gun pointed to him to now, and you yeah. said you didn't know, but more interesting, I thought whatever he says, here is not going to be more interesting than how yeah. Paul Pogba God out of the situation. Turns out,
1: yeah, it, it is. is more
0: interesting. Yeah, he paid so,
1: a witch doctor apparently, and and basically what they're saying now is that they believe that there's a video proving it as well, and if it if that is the case. Then he's. It's gonna be hot. I, I. obviously. And I don't. What, I don't know what the law says. Are about we living in a James a Bond on movie? Players. What's that?
0: Are we living in a James Bond movie? <laughs> yeah. Well, this. is... <laughs> Hang on a minute. Hang yeah, on. Like lit, if lit, if I is. was literally in my head now, I've just rocked up to work. I'm a judge, <laughs> and I pick the papers up. And I've had, you know, I didn't have much sleep. I've had a cup of coffee, but I need a new one. And I pick up the papers. and say, what were you looking at today? Right. Mbappe suing <laughs> who? Pogba. Because a, a witch that I would be seething the second I got up to the top, I'd be like, you are all grown
1: adults. <laughs> Fuck <Yes>. off. a <laughs> Yeah, well, basically, they're, now, they're oh. now saying that it's going to be a huge issue for, like, the France camp coming up and... I mean, oh, it is just... Because I don't know how much legal precedent there is around... Can you sue some curses Putting a witch doctor <laughs> on them. That's what I mean. Like, I genu- genuinely... What's the legal genuinely, precedent? Three of the us on here, we
0: could come to some sort of agreement. One of us curses the other one with a witch doctor and we'll sue... <laughs> <laughs> we sue him and we see if it stands up in court. All of these, will just split. it will be fine. <laughs>
1: I'm now, I'm now Googling. Is it, is it, is there a legal precedent for uh, casting curses?
0: I never thought we would then get to the end. Of I this should podcast. probably know that question,
2: like yeah, the answer you, to that. It can yeah, can could on. I could, could
0: I get sued if I got a witch doctor to curse you, Nathan? That's what I need to know. And also, what if I did it at some point between now and next Wednesday? <laughs> Didn't. <tell you. laughs> <laughs> Imagine if to, like next Wednesday, just so you wake you wake up Thursday morning to loads of laughing face emojis from me. Like Curse Nathan last week. <laughs>
1: uh so the first one didn't come up with any results. So I'm now putting can you sue someone for
2: putting a curse on you?
1: Could you sue someone? I mean it's not That's the problem
2: though, is because we're governed by British law, so you can't just sue somebody like in American law. So Yeah. That raises a plethora of other issues as well. So
0: this is what I mean, but basically what happens in these scenarios is this is where the legal system is irrelevant. Just we don't like all of us, the three people here, all from different backgrounds, have all come together and agreed that basically fucking one
2: of us is having a witch doctor's elders yeah. by the end of yeah. the podcast. Yeah.
0: <laughs> this is what it is. I'm now mentally
1: thinking: Have I got any bones lying around? <laughs> My so <laughs> in a so, house full of vegetarians. I, <laughs> I just need to share this with you. So I've just said, can I sue someone that is using witchcraft on me? And it's yep. gone to like a <laughs> and an attorney has responded, and they said, said, um, in order to successfully sue someone, you have to be able to prove that they're using witchcraft on you. Proof can be a problem in these cases because of the natural inclination many people have to ignore or disbelieve evidence of witchcraft. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. The more proof you can gather, the better. You the essentially proof. Have to be able to convince the judge that you that more likely than not, bad A, bad things are happening to you. B the other party is causing them. And C, what they're doing to cause it. So what I'm gonna do just today, I'm gonna go on the
0: dark web. I'm gonna find someone who's connected to that dark web out there. And yeah. I'm gonna find somebody who can sell me a poltergeist in a jar. Because I guarantee <laughs> you this I guarantee you there is some fucking idiot out there who has decided that they are gonna sell yeah, ghosts and specters and blah 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 blah. I'm I'm telling you it's gonna happen. And one of you is gonna get this sent in the post.
2: <laughs> if, <laughs> if you're What's happy happening? to like just send Ran, you know, randomly many December. I'm Ponte not gonna. In lie. A jar. I, I have a Pondergeist in a jar if you want to buy one. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is the route this is we're a, going this down. Is, this is mainly a test,
0: um, but I'm gonna not send it to any of you. I'm gonna send it to Dan. <laughs> <laughs> and the only it's way the you will ever know is if he listens listen to this podcast, he's gonna get sent a jar of nothing by me. <laughs> The more I think about it, the more I think I should do it for real. You definitely <laughs> should. Just send. Dan I will just... go
2: half to the one postage for this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: just, let's just randomly send Dan a glass jar with nothing inside it. <laughs> and the only way Eleven will ever know is if he's listened this far into this week's episode. I think that's a good place to end, gentlemen. I've enjoyed tonight immensely. Yeah. Um, before we go any more for any more, no, uh, no,
1: I'm I'm pretty good. I think I'm, we have that lo- fell. Yeah, I'm i done. There's I'm not going- a
0: single, not a single double entendre was said tonight. That is growth, gentlemen. And that's <laughs> also a further proof, if any was more was needed, that actually it's Cassie, Cassie that lowers that's the. Problem. the... <laughs> she brings the tone down. When we when we're on, I mean, there's okay. I've said probably a few swear words, which the BBC won't like, but they put us late night BBC two. When Cassie's on, we're late for <laughs> Channel 5. There's nowhere. There's nowhere else.
1: We're on. We're, we're web only. Yes.
0: Yeah.
2: Show it out there. Right. Channel 5. <laughs> we, we're mixed in with and usually... Yeah,
0: this is what it is. We're showing our age
2: again now. Oh. <laughs> Although that is coming back, apparently. So maybe not.
0: It, uh, Gladiators is coming. We, we could go on this way, right? We, we, this, yeah. Say goodbye, gentlemen. <laughs> goodbye, goodbye, gentlemen.
1: Touch line, a touch line, red. This is a touch line, a touch line, red. A touch line, a touch line, red. Oh, a touch line, a touch line, red.
0: This podcast is a Bendy Geddig media production.